my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Hey friends, welcome to episode 387 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast, and it has been a crazy week, crazy weekend, I guess, really. Um, I am recording this uh, just a few hours before this show is set to drop on Easter Sunday. I hope you had a great Easter or Passover, whatever it is that you celebrate this time of year. I hope that uh, you had the opportunity to do your thing and do it well. Uh, So quick little uh, update, life update, if you will. Uh, You may hear the audio in this and think, what in the hell is happening? Well, I'm in the car and I am driving to the airport in St. Louis uh, where my wife was supposed to pick up. Uh, a few hours ago, but, uh, you know, the way the world works now, flights are delayed on a pretty regular basis, it seems, and so uh, she has been kind of uh, trying to get back to St. Louis from Mexico. Uh, She went on a trip with her dad, a cross-country trip, and driving, and then flew back from Mexico. It's a long sidebar story that nobody probably really cares about that listens to this podcast, but I'm kind of setting the, the table, if you will, for this week's episode. And, um, you know, th- this week, uh, typically speaking, I, I, I take my laptop with me and I could boom, edit this, it'd be done and it'd be sitting and ready to go timed out and, and everything would be perfect. Uh, however, uh, you know, as we know, life is far from perfect and, my regular laptop is in the shop and has been for two weeks now and I don't know when I'm getting it back quite frankly. Um, so I've had to move everything over onto a desktop which is still sitting in my office at my house in Carterville and I am in St. Louis of course for Easter weekend. So it has made it uh, impossible to edit on time but as, as you're listening to this everything has worked out hopefully and I'm telling you this story for not, but I am telling it, I guess, because I'm recording in the car because by the time I pick my wife up from the airport and get back to Carterville, which is a two-hour drive from St. Louis, I'm looking at uh, pretty close to the time that this show would typically drop, uh, which is at midnight on Monday, So, and I try to keep that a consistent and regular thing. So I'm recording the intro uh, to get it out of the way so I can get home and then just slap on the open and the closer and then put these pieces together and boom, bam, bam, we're done. So, uh, this week's episode is about the SalukiCon. It's uh, an event at Carbondale, Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. It was created back uh, five years ago, almost five years ago, as part of the eclipse. Uh, You know, many uh, people came to this region uh, to celebrate the total solar eclipse. It was the first time it had happened in a long time, and in our region, it had, I don't know that it had ever happened, and it's actually happening again in 2024, so 
maybe we'll have another one. But uh, SalukiCon, it, it's just, you know, these events, these Comic-Con style events are, are growing in popularity because I think, and I don't say this with any malice or any kind of uh, ill will or intent, but that nerd culture that I fully embrace and am and a part of um, has become more acceptable. I think that people have uh, come out of their uh, proverbial uh, nerdy, you know, lockups and are expressing themselves. And, and they have the disposable income now to buy the things that we maybe couldn't get when we were kids or, uh, you know, enjoy the experiences once again. You know, last week, Chad and I talked about nostalgia and how it's so powerful. And I believe that these cons have grown in popularity because of that as well, that nostalgia pop, if you will, uh, for what is old is new again. And so uh, I've always flirted with the idea and, you know, the Cape Comic Con, which Ken Murphy runs and we've had him on the on the show before and Jittery Monkey had a table set up at the 2019 uh, Cape Con and, and, you know, we got to meet a lot of folks and, and spread the word. Uh, and I've always wanted to do something on a bigger scale uh, than just buying a table space. And late last year, I was approached by the folks at Castle Perilous. Uh, it's a it's a great little store in Carbondale, Illinois, um, about maybe doing something at Comic-Con and doing something at their store. Um, I haven't been able to do that yet, but they did, uh, you know, set me up with the folks at SalukiCon and they extended the invitation for me to do something wrestling related and podcasting related. And, I, you know, I wasn't really exactly sure what they wanted. And, and you know, honestly, it, this was supposed to happen back in January and things went haywire with the Omicron variant. And so um, we ended up the Saturday before Easter. And I really wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to be a part of it because of traveling. Um, but I did commit to doing a uh, a panel discussion. And, and full disclosure, you know, only three people were, were in the audience for this. But they were three people, and I'm not going to... Uh, I met them and, and chatted with them afterward, and I'm not going to name names because I didn't know if they want that out there. But, uh, you know, I, I am so appreciative of the fact that they sat there and listened for the 30 minutes that I spoke and asked questions, and we had a conversation. And that's what I love about wrestling um, is being able to connect with other wrestling fans. And one of them was, you know... a, a probably 12-year-old, 13-year-old kid um, and his dad and then a, another a guy in the crowd who was probably in his 20s. But, you know, it was, you know, being able to connect and, and chat and, and have that conversation, I, I appreciated it. And the fact that they stuck around and asked questions after I was done was even cooler. So um, a shout out to the three of you. And if you are happening to listen to this podcast, again, I appreciate it. And I'm grateful uh, for that. I introduced them to Stride Pro Wrestling. So hopefully uh, they come out and, and enjoy a Stride Pro Wrestling show as well. So really the meat of the conversation is kind of my fandom and, and how I got to involved in wrestling and of course about Stride Pro Wrestling. So the audio gets a little, I, I don't want to say muffled, but you know, the folks do ask questions during the Q&A or, you know, during the course of the panel discussion and it may be kind of hard to hear, but uh, really it's kind of like the one man is asking about my realization of, uh, you know, indie wrestling and, and why you shouldn't compare it or judge it based on what WWE or, you know, 
back in the day WCW was doing and kind of how I had that realization um, when I moved here to Southern Illinois and really started to get involved in not only watching indie wrestling but also being a part of indie wrestling. So those kinds of experiences definitely change your perspective, obviously. So um, next year, I really, really, truly hope to go back to Saluki Con. I hope to be invited back, and I really hope to uh, bring some wrestlers with me and maybe even, you know, beyond the Stride Pro Wrestling locker room. So I'm waiting to hear when it is and hopefully going to get that ball rolling and, and maybe we'll have a big announcement coming up uh, for next year's Saluki Con. But if you haven't checked it out in the past, I would highly recommend and encourage you. Uh, they have vendors there. They have different activities and things to do photo ops. Um, there was a guy that was part of the Power Rangers, I think, that was there. I, I, I'm not really into the Power Ranger scene, so I, I didn't stop. I heard him talking, though, uh, to some of the fans. Um, and then the R2-D2 folks were there as well, that they build the custom uh, R2-D2s, which are really, really cool as well. But uh, that's going to do it for the intro. Stick around and uh, hear the panel discussion. And uh, let me know what your one, two, three cents is about the state of wrestling and how we do the podcast. Leave a review, take a screenshot, send it to me, and you could be eligible for a my one, two, three cents prize. Attention not-for-profit groups. Are you looking for a unique way to raise money? Stride Pro Wrestling fundraisers are always a hit. Since 2016, we've helped sports teams, schools, and civic groups raise thousands of dollars. Once COVID-19 restrictions are lifted, we'll be ready to rumble for you. Contact us to the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page to discuss the options. Thank you for coming to Saluki Con and, and coming to this panel discussion. And, and full disclosure, when I was talking with the folks at Saluki Con originally about doing this in January, we weren't really sure exactly what we were going to do or, or how we were going to set it up. And, and they just asked if I would come and, and talk about pro wrestling and podcasting. Um, two things that I know a little bit about. So uh, I was happy to take the opportunity to do this and, and have a conversation. And so if you guys have questions along the way or comments, things that you want to, to mention or bring up, please stop me and, and throw in your commentary as well, because um, that's the, the cool thing I think about being a pro wrestling fan is being able to talk to other fans and getting other perspectives because uh, for, for my background, um, I started watching wrestling in 1982. Um, I remember very well it was, um, you know, my dad and my brother watched it all the time before that and I grew up in St. Louis and they would go to the matches at uh, the Keele Auditorium, to the arena in St. Louis, wrestling at the Chase at the time was a huge thing. Um, but I remember flipping through the channels one night, um, or one morning, um, and it was Ric Flair and Kerry Von Erich in a steel cage Christmas. Um, we weren't watching it on Christmas, but it was the show was recorded on Christmas, and uh, the Freebirds were ringside and Michael Hayes was one of the freebirds he was refereeing this match and he was going to help Kerry Von Erich win the championship and Kerry didn't want to cheat and said no and so the freebirds got mad they were uh, about to turn bad then and and Terry Gordy was outside and slammed the cage door on Kerry's head and Ric Flair won and the freebirds then turned bad and, and this huge feud started and that 
was world-class championship wrestling, and that's what hooked me. Um, and then I can remember some other times just kind of coming across guys like Jimmy Snuka and Rowdy Roddy Piper, George the Animal Steel, Hulk Hogan, of course, the Junkyard Dog. So that was Vince McMahon's WWF. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was 10 years old at the time, I didn't know the differences between world-class and the AWA and the NWA and the WWF, but I quickly started learning and then I was buying the magazines and there was a little grocery store, drugstore type place um, within biking distance from my house. And I would get on my bike and go up there and every month I would pick up two or three of the new magazines. And so I amassed this collection for about 10 years. I collected every month. I was getting two or three of these magazines and much to my wife's chagrin, they are still at our house in the garage in a, in a, in a big tote. Um, and I'll occasionally go and flip through them, but you know, the internet has made consuming wrestling so much easier now. And of course with streaming services, the WWE network, you know, it's not like it was back when, you know, we were growing up and you had to wait until 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings for WWF superstars, for example, is when I got to watch that, or, you know, every six weeks with Saturday night's main event. And it was that thrill. And I always wanted to be a wrestling manager. I knew that I was never going to be, you know, big enough or strong enough or powerful enough to be a pro wrestler, but I thought I could be a manager, you know, Bobby Heenan or Jimmy Hart, you know, they're not big imposing figures. So, um, when I was, you know, a teenager, um, actually I was a preteen and I went to my very first live show. My first live event was in the uh, December of 1984 and it was a WWF show. Hulk Hogan was wrestling Brutus Beefcake. This was before he turned good and became the barber. And, uh, I just remember we had floor seats. They weren't the best seats in the house because as you're sitting on the floor, everybody in front of you stands up. And so then you're up and down and try. And when you're a kid, it's hard to see over these other people. So, um, but we would get up and go to the entrance when the wrestlers were coming through and we would try to shake hands with them or, or give them a high five. And, you know, again, Junkyard Dog, Jimmy Snuka, Roddy Piper, Bob Orton, all of the, the mainstays of the mid 80s were there and, and a part of that event. And it was so much fun and, and probably the biggest takeaway, you know, now that I'm in my 40s and I look back on those experiences as a, as a child is I was doing that with my dad and with my brother and we were bonding over, you know, these larger than life characters and these figures that were, you know, you kind of get lost in that moment of, of being able to experience that. And at the time, I didn't really put much stock into it or think about it. But, you know, as, as I got older, I've, I've realized that those were really uh, fun opportunities. And, and we were being entertained, but we were also bonding and, 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 you know, having those memories that to this day, you know, we still, my dad and I still will talk about it today when I uh, see him for Easter. So um, my fandom, of course, you know, as you get a little older, you know, when I'm in elementary school, middle school, people watch it, talk about it. You know, we watched the cartoon, the Hulk Hogan cartoon. We traded magazines. We did all that. Um, then in high school, you know, kind of taste change and people change and, and you're growing and maturing. And 
there weren't a whole lot of wrestling fans. And uh, I stayed tried and true to it, though, and continued to watch and got the WrestleManias on pay-per-view. And, and I made a couple of fast friends that, uh, you know, he had a uh, – my one buddy had a satellite at his, at his house. So we would go over there and watch uh, WWF on MSG Network and on, uh, you know, the WrestleMania and, and Survivor Series and SummerSlams and all those pay-per-views. So, um, you know – as I got older and went to college, I continued to watch. I continued to buy the magazines. And, um, you know, it was really, it wasn't until I moved to Southern Illinois in 2004 that I, um, some of my coworkers and some of my friends that actually became part of this podcasting network um, were wrestling fans as well. And so it became kind of normalized because for so long, you know, for whatever reason, whatever it is with wrestling um, or even the comic book culture, you know, people tend to judge it or they question it, you know, as wrestling fans. There's no other uh, form of entertainment, I think, that is out there where people question your fandom. Like, why are you a wrestling fan? Why do you watch? It's like, why do you go to the movies? Why do you read Harry Potter books? Why do you, you know, play this video game. It's, it's just part of the entertainment and it's part of the culture. And I'm, I'm happy and glad that I grew up just as it was really starting to boom. And Vince McMahon was introducing the world to what he was putting out there with MTV and the rock and wrestling connection and all that. And, you know, was able to kind of ride that wave into today where, you know, like I said, um, I moved here in 2004 and took a job as a morning anchor at WSIL. And it was through that that I then started meeting people that were involved in local wrestling, independent wrestling, which at, at the time I didn't know much about and actually kind of judged it a little bit, probably more so than I should have, because the men and women that you see on these shows are not Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair or the Junkyard Dog or Ricky Steamboat. They're, you know, guys that live down the street from you. It's the guy that works at Walmart during the week to support his family. It's, you know, people who are just like me. And so I, I kind of went into it with, you know, eh, you know, tongue-in-cheek attitude, but then getting to know these men and women that were in there and putting they, – they were just as passionate and just as dedicated to the business as the Hulk Hogan's and the Ric Flair's of the world. And so – I was grateful then when the opportunity came up in 2011 to start doing color commentary for a new wrestling show that was going to air on WSIL. And that kind of got my foot in the door with independent wrestling in general. And because at the time I was on TV and then started doing the commentary, they came up with the story idea of me having a match. And so 10, 11 year old me now seeing me in my 30s and being presented an opportunity to wrestle, um, I was nervous and I, I did not know what to expect, but I, I did go in there and did it and, uh, you know, kind of taking on the bully of, of the wrestling company, All-American Pro Wrestling at the time and, and, and giving him his comeuppance. Um, and then, you know, along the way, I developed a blog, the My123Cents blog, and it's, you know, a play on you know, giving someone my two cents, my opinion on things, but adding the one, two, three for wrestling. Um, and then along with the blog and, and doing the wrestling stuff 
became the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network, which is what I'm a part of now with um, several great guys, Chad Smart, who's one of my very best friends who I met at WSIL, and Greg Mahochko, who created the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. And it was kind of, uh, you know, a... It started off as like nerd culture, you know, comic books, movies, uh, TV shows, all those kinds of things. Um, and they had a wrestling uh, podcast, but the guy that was doing it wasn't consistent and kind of walked away from it. And so they asked me if I would, wouldn't mind being a part of it. And I absolutely jumped at the chance. So that was in 2014. And, you know, here we are almost eight years later. And every Monday, for the last almost eight years, I've dropped a, a new episode of the podcast. And so uh, doing the podcast, I've had opportunities to interview and meet some amazing up and coming wrestlers, you know, through the company that I work with now, which is Stride Pro Wrestling, which I've done commentary for, I've done wrestling with, I'm currently the general manager of that and the ring announcer. Um, and so just being able to get in there and do that, and I actually am, am going to be wrestling in a match in May um, in Marion. So that has been kind of a whirlwind opportunity to my good friend, Tyler Hatton, Heath Hatton, who is the owner and the behind the scenes guy, but he's also a wrestler with the company. And we became fast friends back, you know, in those early days of all American pro wrestling where he uh, offered me the ring announcing gig. And then as people started coming and, and you know, resonating with it and, and realizing that there's more to wrestling than what you see on TV. And that's the beauty of what independent wrestling does. It, it opens it up to, um, you know, other people to kind of see what we do and, and what we're able to do. Um, you know, we don't have the glitz and glamor and the lights and, and uh, of, of a WWE production or an AEW production. But, you know, doing it, we've been able to welcome in and, and bring in Hall of Famers and, and former wrestlers and current wrestlers. And, and like I said, that's been kind of translated through with the podcast as well, um, getting to meet and interview uh, guys like the Honky Tonk Man and Sheamus and Kofi Kingston and, and Cesaro and Mick Foley. Those are a few of the the bigger names that I've been able to have on the podcast. And so, um, you know, it all kind of has come full circle and, and getting these opportunities and, and, you know, being able to talk about and, and spread the word of stride pro wrestling specifically, um, but just wrestling in general. And, and it, you know, I think that through the years it has become a more normalized form of entertainment. It is not, you know, in the early days when you would see some of the celebrities that came to WrestleMania, for example, they were kind of, either just there for the payday or they were being criticized for being there because it's wrestling. It's, you know, what, why are you involving yourself with that? But this past WrestleMania, you know, Logan Paul was a part of that. Johnny Knoxville, those were two of the most talked about matches from, from WrestleMania 38. And, you know, these guys came in as fans and appreciated it and respected it and embraced it and didn't make a joke of it or a mockery of it. And I think that that, goes a long way and and you know sometimes people get hung up and caught up on bringing in celebrities or bringing in outsiders or bringing in guys who maybe aren't in their prime anymore the retirees and and whatnot and i think that 
you know, wrestling, Eric Bischoff on his podcast has said wrestling is like a, a buffet. You know, there's something for everyone. It's like the circus. You know, when you go to the circus, not everybody's into the clowns or not everybody's into the tightrope walkers. And it, wrestling, uh, a well-balanced wrestling card is the same way. You're going to have maybe a, a, a luchador match or you're going to have a, a hardcore match or a match that's a tag team match. Um, so it, it just really, uh, everybody... There's something for everyone, I think, when it comes down to the bottom line of, of what wrestling is and what it means to me as a fan for almost 40 years now of, of, of watching and you know having the opportunities to be a part of it and then also enjoy it from the fans' perspective as well. Do you guys have any questions or comments or anything? Oh yeah. That, that's a, an excellent point, yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, when, when this area had the Southern Illinois Miners, you know, uh, people, uh, I think when it first started, it was pretty popular and, and then it kind of ran its course or, you know, I don't know exactly all the, the ins and outs of what happened, but yeah, I, I kind of viewed it like, like, you know, when people say, well, you know, you're part of wrestling, what, what like WWF? And I'm like, well, it's professional wrestling, yes, but, you know, we do it on a local level and it's, you know, it's, um, like I said, it, it really going to those first few shows, it really kind of opened my eyes to it and then meeting everyone. And that's the other thing about, and I don't know if you guys have been to any, have you been to any live shows with WWE or AEW? Yeah. So, you know, when you go to a, a WWE event, was it a, just a live show or was it a uh, pay-per-view or a, it was a what? A live show. You know, when you go to those, there's not really a whole lot of opportunity opportunity to, to meet or talk to any of the superstars. But when you go to an independent show, um, even back in 2011, you know, TNA Impact Wrestling brought a show to Brentwood Park where the miners play or used to play. Uh, and they did it on the field and they did a whole, you know, you paid a little extra, but you had a meet and greet and you got to go around and take pictures with, you know, I have pictures with AJ Styles, who of course is huge in, in WWE right now. Um, you know, there's a handful of guys, you know, Scott Steiner was there and, and Jeff Jarrett and, um, 
you know, so you, you got a mix of the, the bigger names and then there were up and comers, you know, and at that time I would still say AJ was, was, was climbing the ladder to, to where he is today, but it was, you know, those independent shows have a more intimate feel to them. Uh, you can, uh, you know, sometimes you see them come out of intermission and they may stick around and, and take a picture with you and, and you don't have to pay for, you know what I mean? So it's not like the fan, ex, you know, the fan experience with WWE is much different than it is with, say, an AEW or an Impact Wrestling or, you know, even more so on that smaller independent level. And, and to what you were saying about, you know, hockey, it's, I would imagine it's, it's a similar experience where, you know, you've got guys out there on the ice and they're doing their thing and then they go home and their dad and, and they go to their job the next morning and, you know, doing their thing to, to do what's best for their family and, and making a, a little bit of money, you know, independent wrestling. And I'm sure some of these smaller sports uh, franchises, I know minors didn't pay a whole lot, um, but they're doing what they can to maybe make it big but if not you know what they're doing what they love and they're following their passion and that's what i have found with a lot of the the guys that we work with with stride pro wrestling and some of the other companies around here is they know that they're not going to be on wrestlemania or you know even on aew dynamite but every saturday they're wrestling here and in, in, in marion or in carterville and then they're in Mount Vernon the next Saturday, and then they're down in Anna, and then they're over in Cape Girardeau, and, and they're doing what they love, and they're following their passion. And so whether it's wrestling or anything else that you're passionate about, that's kind of why I did the podcast thing. You know, I took my passion for wrestling, and now I have a passion for podcasting as well. So it's it's finding those things that make you tick, and, and whether or not you have one listener or a million listeners, you know, I think that finding that, that niche and that passion for yourself is, is what's important. Do you, um, have you been to any independent shows or have you just been to WWE? Uh, I've been to one or two independent shows. Okay. Around here in Southern Illinois? Yeah. Do you know what they were? No. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, I know that's the thing with, with independent wrestling too is, um, you know, sometimes, and some of them travel through and, and, and they don't stick around very long. And um, what I love about Stride Pro Wrestling is the original intent for it was to be a training facility. Um, and that's, you know, for the first couple of months, Stride was just a training spot. So guys could get opportunities to go elsewhere and wrestle. And um, Tyler, who I talked about earlier, who owns Stride, um, has experience he's he he actually wrestled on a wwe pay-per-view um 10 years ago against ryback when they were building ryback up and he was kind of going through guys um and so he just wanted to kind of share his passion and teach and, and and give others that opportunity and then it became a thing where let's start doing shows so every month uh we do a show um actually in april now that you know, COVID restrictions are kind of being lifted. We're able to do more shows with, with fundraising. We do a lot of fundraising with Stride when to date have raised almost a hundred thousand dollars over the last six years for different groups and organizations, um, through pro wrestling, you know, it's, it's, uh, just one of those things that, you know, you set up at a school or a church or wherever it is and start selling tickets and, and people, 
come out and support and 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 want to be entertained so that's always been um you know a big part of what we do uh is is that training and laying that foundation and we've had guys that have gone on and have done matches on aew dark um, some of them have been on wwe tv you know and and those enhancement matches um and, you know, I feel very fortunate to to have seen that and, and experienced it. You know, a guy that was wrestling in front of, you know, 120 people in Carterville, Illinois, is now on Monday Night Raw in there with Eric Rowan or, you know, doing some stuff, you know, backstage stuff with Becky Lynch or with R-Truth. And so it's, it's very cool uh, to see that. Any other questions or comments or anything? How do I feel about my upcoming match? You know, I always get nervous when it when it is comes up to, to, to doing this because I'm not a, you know, I have had some training, but I am not a fully vetted, trained wrestler. Um, but I always am told that I'm never going to be put in a situation where I'm going to be in danger. And, and obviously accidents happen and people can and do get hurt. And we've, we've seen that happen throughout the years. Um, but, you know, night of the match, I'll have butterflies up until I get in the ring and then things will get started and it all kind of goes away. And um, when it's all said and done and that adrenaline is pumping and, and, and flowing, um, it's, it's, I call it the wrestling buzz because even on nights where I'm not wrestling and I'm at a, a good show and I feel like we killed it and, and we really connected with the crowd and the audience loved what we were doing and we told a great story. Um, it just, there's no better feeling. Like you get this adrenaline rush that just kind of usually lasts about 24 hours and you know, you look back on it and it's like, man, we really knocked it out of the park. And then hearing the fans and their reaction, um, on social media and that's the other great thing great thing and bad thing about social media these days is you get that instantaneous response but then you also have those who are going to be overly critical of things and and you know originally when my one two three cents started as a blog it was kind of a a, a sounding board and event session for me as a fan but then as i kind of took a step back and I think it's part of that growing old or, or maturing process where you kind of figure out, you know, not everything's going to be perfect. Not everything's going to make sense. It's wrestling. We're trying to apply logic to an illogical situation. And, you know, the undertaker wasn't really dead and Kane wasn't really setting all those fires. And, you know, so when you look at the kind of absurdity of, of wrestling and it's like, this is entertainment, you know, I wouldn't criticize Arnold Schwarzenegger in the in the Terminator movies for doing something that doesn't make it. It's a movie, you know, or it's a cartoon. You know, The Simpsons. I love The Simpsons, but you know, the stories get pretty crazy and whatnot. But it's like, okay, look back at it. This is entertainment, and yeah, I guess I have a right to voice my opinion, but also realize that my opinion and the way I'm coming off on the people that created this content or created this character or, or did this story, you know, they're doing their best too. And like I said, accidents happen, mistakes happen. Sometimes, you know, it's live a lot of the times on wrestling when they're in there in the ring and, and they screw up, 
it's for the world to see. You know, there's no, it's not like a movie where you can go back and retake and recut and re-edit. So I, I give it all um, the benefit of the doubt the, these days and kind of look at it through a different set of eyes. And I think that's just part of everybody's journey. We look at life differently throughout the stages of, of our own life and experiences. So. Uh-huh. Uh, usually they play the theme song to my podcast, which it's just a, it, it's actually the, the, um, the under track is the ultimate warriors theme music because I felt like his theme song, even though he wasn't my favorite wrestler. Uh, but I always thought his theme music was like uplifting and charging. Um, and then there's a bunch of uh, different clips from some of my favorite wrestlers, just kind of saying different catchphrases and whatnot and kind of leading them into the podcast so i i would imagine that will be it i'm actually wrestling my friend tyler keith hatton who uh almost three years ago now we teamed up and won the stride pro wrestling tag team titles and we because we both liked um the uh stranger things show uh we would come out to never ending story uh that song and then we did uh, we did uh, a whole new world from the movie Aladdin, just because we're goofy from time to time. So, um, but yeah, it was always it's always a good time, and and again, that music does make a difference. And I think, you know, back in the '80s when Vince McMahon teamed up with MTV and got that whole rock and wrestling connection started, I think that because before that there were some guys that came out to music, but if you go back and look at a lot of the older stuff. It was just come out, dark room, or, you know, dark building, do your match, and be done. And then started adding some flair, some lights, some tea, uh, some music, the fireworks, and, and it really kind of changed the trajectory and made it more entertaining, I think. Well, guys, thank you for coming, listening. I, I wasn't sure what everybody expected or what to expect, so but I do appreciate you listening to me for a little bit. If you... I've got some stickers. If you want to take a sticker and, and check out the podcast sometime, I would appreciate it. I'm on all the social media uh, platforms as well. Give a follow or a like, and let's connect there as well. And again, May 21st, Stride Pro Wrestling at the Sioux Drive Center in Marion. It's the building right in front of the pavilion in Marion. Where it's on the other side of where the axe throwing place is as well. So, yes, sir. Uh, if we have we have a Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter, um, it, there's no website, but strideprowrestling.com will take you to the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, where we're at right now. It's just on social media. So, but thanks again, and we have a YouTube channel too. So we, when the pandemic started, we weren't um, able to uh, to do shows in front of a live crowd. So what we were doing is recording shows. Um, and we would have, you know, the very early start of the pandemic where you couldn't have, I think it was like you couldn't have more than 10 people in a, in a, in a gathering. So we would have two guys come in and do their match. And it was me, the referee, the two guys doing the match and someone to kind of get everybody in and out. And I was recording everything. And then we took it, put it all together and then put put out YouTube shows. And And since we started it, it really kind of opened up our obviously it's worldwide on YouTube now instead of just the 120 or so fans that could come in and, and watch a show at our 
little building in Carterville. So, um, so we just kept that up. And so we've got, I don't know, probably a couple dozen shows that are on, on YouTube now as well. So, um, if you go and, and watch it and, and, and the thing about it too, is like, it's, it's not necessarily episodic, but it's definitely, there are wrestlers and stories that are in there that are kind of connecting the dots and, and going along with what we're building up to for the next show or the next event. So if you want to check it out, uh, please do. All right, guys. Thanks again. I appreciate you coming. Enjoy the rest of con. Thank you. <laughs> this is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.